Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of the one, the only, the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, thematics. And this is a different type of episode. Um, we had Khalil Patwa and Chinarat Rungchofit back as joining myself and Grace as always to kind of have a medley of strengths discussion. So there are some audio issues and some tech stuff that you may notice throughout the broadcast, but man, the content was rich. It's amazing when you can get four people in a single space talking about something they absolutely love. So we'll cover such themes. We'll cover the balconies and basements of themes like strategic, futuristic input, and then I talk about significance. So this is this is a little bit different. It wasn't usually our interview format, and this was based on some of the feedback that we received through a Google Doc that I had thrown out there in the World Wide Web. So for those of you that took time to give us some feedback, I do appreciate it. Be sure to listen to this show in its entirety, and go ahead and shoot me an email after you're done listening, Andy at UnleashStrengths.com. Let me know what you think, because based on the response from this show, maybe we'll adjust the format a little bit moving forward. All right, everybody. Again, thanks for listening to Thematics. This is Andy, your host, and I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. You're listening to Thematics, presented by UnleashStrengths.com, the only show that embraces your addiction to strengths. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you once again for tuning in to the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, Thematics. My name is Andy Sokolovich. I'm a Gallup-certified strengths coach and the owner of a coaching practice, Unleash Strengths, nestled in the Midwest town of Clinton, Iowa. I am a coach for hire, working with organizations to enhance employee engagement, boost recognition, and increase overall job satisfaction. If you're interested in listing the skills of a strengths coach or you're looking for a speaker for your next workshop, conference, or seminar, consider giving me a call at 815-441-2219 or shoot me an email, Andy at UnleashStrengths.com. Thematics is a podcast series designed to highlight the massive impact the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment has had on now over, it's like 12 and a half million people. So we're getting closer to 13. It's our belief here at Unleash Strengths that in order to promote its effectiveness and proven results of, this, of the Strengths Finder assessment, we need to interview those who've experienced the power of strengths-based development firsthand. Our guests today, that's plural, uh, are both intimately aware of their strengths and want nothing more than to share their story in an effort to help others just like you succeed for more information or to schedule an interview for yourself. That's right, folks. You too can be on thematics. Again, email Andy at UnleashStrengths.com. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UnleashStrengths. Twitter at UnleashCSF. You can subscribe to our RSS feed and our iTunes uh, links and everything via our website, UnleashStrengths.com. Just click on that. Go to the top right corner. You'll see it all there. My co-host is the one, the only, the lovely, the talented, the full of energy, Grace Lacanti. She is the owner of Lacanti Consulting. You can find more information about Grace at Lacanti Consulting. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E Consulting.com. Grace provides strengths-based training to management teams and groups. Grace, what? first of all, Today's episode is a hybrid. We have two of our past guests on, Khalil Patwa and Chinarat Rungchofit. And the reason we did this is because we had two dynamic interviews with both of those gentlemen. And Grace uh, Chinarat actually said, let's, can we do this a four way? Can we have four of us on the call at the same time? And me being a geek about technology said, absolutely. And then I took it a step further and said, do you want to use a new platform that I discovered called blab.im? So, 
what's happening right now as we speak, for those of you who are going to listen to this maybe next week or the week after, is the four of us are on in a, in a chat room at blab.im, and we're using a new resource that allows us to connect via webcam and audio. So we're going to see how this goes, but uh, bear with us if, if there's any like technological techno techno tech honey i can't say techno. that right. any, any tech based <laughs> issues uh and we'll get it all figured out but grace you're the co-host of this show what's going on with you hello i'm so so excited i'm always excited on this show but today i'm even more excited because we're incorporating a lot of cool things we're bringing back guests we're we've got a platform that's totally new for me and um we get to see each other in video for the most part yeah. <laughs> three of us have a video connected khalil um is connected through audio but it's so exciting to have kind of a new way to engage with each other and we've been chatting on the side <laughs> yeah so absolutely. Um, yeah as the uh, theme song was rolling in we were kind of doing our little dance you know dance mm-hmm. your strengths get the energy out dance your strengths <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second but first let's do some introductions for our Coco host is that a Coco Coco host? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. First, we'll introduce uh, Khalil Potwa. Many of you can remember Khalil's interview. He is from the UK. We talked a lot about strengths, but we t- also talked a lot about amazing opportunities to feel a little bit more connected with the Earth and our environment. I think Grace, one of the big things you took away from an interview mm-hmm. with Khalil was the water. Remember when yeah. we were talking about taking a shower to feel a little bit more connected? And uh, maybe yeah. Khalil touch on that a little bit more. But Khalil, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and tell us why you came back to the show and also tell us your top five. Yeah. Hey there. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Coco hosts, chocolate hosts, right? That's what's <laughs> happening. It's so sweet. It's so sweet to be on your show. Check it out. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, how cool it is to be back again. Um, it was all Chinerick's idea as far as I can remember. Uh, I'm going to throw you right in it there, Chinnerit. Um, uh, because like when when you were doing Chinnerit's uh, podcast, check out Khalil. And so he did. And um, and here we are. Uh, my top five are strategic uh, learner, relator, maximizer, and intellection. Very How nice. So why did you come back and join us? You were just so blown away by the first time? Because you guys are awesome, and it's always a pleasure, like you know, to be, to be, to bask in your energy. That's what you wanted to hear, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Now, other voice you hear is Chinarat Rungchotfit. Chinarat, welcome back. Thanks for orchestrating this kind of four-way communication. Uh, what are we going to call this thing? It's like a circus ring right now. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out. But go ahead and reintroduce us to yourself. Tell us where you're at why you came back on the show, and then reveal your top five as well. All right. Well, well first of all, thanks for having me back. And uh, Andy, Grace, I want you guys to know that you guys were the space happen. I, I All I do is just help make things grow. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's really so, great yeah, to be yeah. here and, and have a very transformed experience now. Uh, I have since moved um, uh, to a city called uh, Temecula, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's known as the uh, wine country in Southern California. And um, my top five are futuristic. Oh, you know, I feel like I should be dancing to each of my strengths here. <laughs> Do I need to like get up and go, yeah. Input. I'm a learner <laughs> and an activator. <laughs> yeah, this is the cool um, thing about being able to see each other. <laughs> so I, I, I came back to the show. Um, 
just because uh, there's a very innate curiosity in me about what it would be like to bring, um, you know, people who are so passionate about their strengths, especially to past guests. And, and, and Khalil and I have been, had a chance to chat a few times uh, over Skype uh, since, since my last show back in June. And so it's been fascinating exploring our strengths and, uh, you know, finding out where we resonate, and where we don't. And um, uh, I guess we're, I, I want to say that Khalil gave me a very bold invitation for the show. Mm-hmm. And I was all in my head thinking, I need to answer questions. I need to plan for the show. We need to know, we got to script the entire show. <laughs> and, and Khalil was just like, no, just just show up, make it a dance, you know, just dance like nobody's watching, you know, you know, uh, talk like nobody's listening, you know. So um, I'm here rather spontaneously, and uh, it's it, it 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 it's it's exciting and confronting at the same time because I know there's nowhere to hide when you're this spontaneous. So. <laughs> Uh, that's so. That's another reason why I'm on this show too. To just have a great spontaneous conversation around friends. Absolutely, this is the spontaneity of a podcast. Is you know some folks like to have things all planned out, and we, as we know, being strengths enthusiasts, that's great. That is a talent. Um, then there is people like yours truly right here, uh, who really just like kind of going off the cuff <laughs> and traveling down a road less traveled. So, Grace, what are your top five? I don't even know if we ever introduce your top five or my oh, own. Goodness, well, you you did interview me on episode yes. four, I think. I it was. <laughs> Okay, my top five are focus. I have to look at my list. <laughs> I talk about other people's all the time. I can remember other people's, but not my own. Yeah. Okay, focus, which is setting and achieving goals. Activator, ideation, input, and futuristic. I have not used my futuristic a lot until two days ago. After months of not having revved that one up, I finally just started getting the getting the futuristic juices going. And I think you'll appreciate this, Chinnerat. It It's mm. it's really not a good idea to to overlook a strength that's so high on the list <laughs> and not have a way for it to kind of move forward. Do you agree? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's not healthy. And uh, Khalil, we talked about that with your interview, that you, you can't mm. push things down. It actually can affect your health. And as you can hear, I'm kind of struggling with the cold. I've been staying up till two or three in the morning. My ideation will not stop. But um, obviously, that's not good long term. But my point is that um, the futuristic strength has really come out with um, looking at what could happen in the future. And it's actually kind of terrifying what could happen if we don't respond. So my activator wants to take in the help to generate some action to to avoid catastrophe so anyway so, that's kind of what i've been up to <laughs> so what what kicked that off grace what was it that kicked your futuristic into gear good question um i think it was uh, accountability with a group that i have um here in vancouver washington it's called the diy marketing center they're a group of us that uh, get together we have a kind of a roundtable discussion about our businesses and our focus and um for me I've been getting back into healthcare, which is my past experience, but I was, I really didn't want to do it again because I was afraid of repeating the same mistakes. So two days ago, I finally just kind of had a moment where I experienced um, a renewal of the energy of trying to help people and seeing the needs 
that will continue to be a problem. And so I just blogged about it in a post this morning um, about the tale of two generations, I call it, the incredible misunderstanding that many people have about the millennial generation and how that's affecting um, so many industries, in particular, the one I work with is healthcare. So I see a huge crisis coming because of this particular problem and misunderstanding that I would like to help companies to solve. So enough about me. I like it. (laughs) So what I think we're going to do here just to maintain some kind of direction, because all four of us could talk about this nonstop. I put out a Google Doc a few weeks ago just requesting some feedback on thematics in general. And I want to read to you guys some of the responses and then I'm going to go ahead and direct us, point us in a direction where I feel we'll be able to cater to our listeners. So basically, I created this Google Doc and I shared it on social media and said, I want your feedback. As a listener, what can we do here on thematics to make things a little bit more beneficial to you as maybe somebody brand new to Shranks or somebody who's been using it for a long time? And the, <laughs> so the first two <laughs> is a little satire. Uh, thanks, Jim Collison. It says, have Jim Collison on the show more often. That guy rocks. And then it wow. says, and then it says, let Grace do most of the talking. <laughs> she, <laughs> I promise I did not say that. <laughs> no, both no, of those, <laughs> both of those were for Jim. They were from Jim. Okay. And then he says, uh, keep going. Really love the podcast. But the one that I like the most says, uh, I love the informality of the show because it makes it more personal. I enjoy how it showcases the life of the strengths enthusiasts as well as strengths coaches. Listening to their personal journeys is quite inspirational. I really enjoy when you throw in a different question. So I would encourage you to go in that direction because it would create some more unpredictability and more variety for the conversations. And then the author of that says, hashtag adaptability. (laughs) Um, (laughs) On a side note, many times when I am listening to the show, I have stopped to think about how I would respond to the questions that you asked. Uh, So as a side benefit, I like that getting to experience self-exploration. And, and then another question was that somebody wanted us to talk more about each individual theme as opposed to just strengths-based development as a whole. So taking that last one into consideration, what I'd like to do is we're going to start with uh, Khalil. I like to go around the room, and it's funny to say that, go around the room. I like to go around the blab, and I want you, yeah, I want you to pick one of your top five and really express to our audience both the balcony and basement of that theme, what you love about it, and also maybe the downside or the lesser popular uh, reaction to that theme that somebody may have in an audience. So, Khalil, I'll give you a, just a second to think about that before I go ahead and sure. revert this back to you. But And then what we'll do is we'll go Khalil and then the Chinnarut, Grace, and then myself. So... Pick one of the themes that you're really excited about. It doesn't have to be your favorite. And let's talk about the balcony in the basement. For those of you that aren't ref- understand that, Gallup refers to balconies as the positive reactions that you receive when you're engaging your core talent or a very significant talent in your top five. And then also the basement would be how that can affect people negatively, how it may affect those around you, and how it can maybe misperceived. So, Khalil, if you're ready, go ahead and just list out the theme that you're going to start with and uh, knock it out. You can start with the balcony or basement, your call. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Uh, you know what? Um, I was just looking at the, the four of us, our top fives, and we're really strategic heavy. Andy, Chinera, and I, we've all got strategic high up. Um, Grace, you've got uh, ideation input, futuristic 
uh, in your top five. Let me talk about strategic a little bit. It's it's funny. It's not it's not one of the ones that I've considered the basement aspect of it before. The the first thing that comes to mind as a like what's the downside? I guess I guess it's that Pandora's box thing a little bit, um, and and maybe Grace like it connects with what you were talking about when you can see when you can see what's going on. It can be quite scary. And, and it's actually been a theme the last couple of weeks. Um, from when I was young, it really struck me. How come people don't do what they say? People say one thing, they do another. And, you know, look, look, at, look at our world, look at the state we're in, um, where uh, glamour and image and uh, money and status are, are, are revered as these... Um, these uh, these goals that, that we're all supposed to have, but but then at the same time we're we're supposed to be chasing, you know, the job, the house, the car, the family, uh, and and at the same time we're supposed to be looking after each other, looking after ourselves, being healthy, and and with strategic at number one, um, it's uh, I, I see in connections, I, I see in like fields or clouds of information, and 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 that's. Um, it makes the inconsistencies really clear. How, how's that? Is that heavy enough for you? <laughs> Can we get any deeper? <laughs> I like I like that response. I think uh, strategic, obviously, number one for me. What I've run into being high strategic is, yes, I see pathways in what other people see as mazes. But for some reason, often when I try to explain that strategy or that path of least resistance... I get frustrated when people don't pick it up as fast as I do. And that frustration tends to lead to, into an inability to communicate. So sometimes the basement of strategic stiff arms the, the, the balcony of my communication theme. So, and I read, that's what I run into. So does anybody else have anything around strategic they'd like to mention before we move on to Chinnerut? I've got strategic as well. So I can resonate completely. Yeah, being almost that feeling like strategic, that man in the middle trying to mediate my activator on the ground and futuristic in the ceiling. And, and it, it definitely does drive me nuts. So, uh, I, there's a lot of tension around that, that in terms of communicating that gap that we all see. Uh, and, 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 uh, I, I can totally relate to you, Andy, in regards to just feeling separate and just almost nearly giving up on people as a result. Mm-hmm. And realizing that you need to come back around and communicate it a different. In fact, Cleo, I, I, it was just the other day where I started to realize with you, like, wow, I, I remember I sent you a really straight email, like, no, this is the way, you know, this is what my intentions were. And Cleo was just like, oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah, that, that makes complete sense. You want to learn about me? And and I'm like, <laughs> I thought, you know, I could tell that was like the mind reader in me, just like thinking that. He understood that already, and and I got that when I communicated that to him. And as much as it was challenging because it was a straight conversation, Khalil got it, and then we moved forward. Strategic is my number eleven. I like to. I used to think, for example, that I had uh, restorative, which is solving problems. Um, however, I I finally learned more about that strength than I realized. It's that I don't really solve problems. I actually make more problems. To uh, because I I try to expose all of the potential pitfalls and I see the potential risks. I'm not a deliberative, which is actually not moving forward because of risk, but 
the other my other strategic strengths help me to foresee with the futuristic the problems that may come up. And strategic is really about seeing the patterns and the pathway, as you said, Andy. Mm. I don't see the pattern as clearly. I basically um, I have ideas of how that could result. And I'm always like 10 steps ahead. So I need strategic people to help me see that actual pathway because Mm. otherwise I get stuck in the weeds seeing, you know, like imagining myself way on the other end of that maze, but stuck in the middle of it. So that's, I, I never really thought about it until you asked the question. Good question. (laughs) It's amazing how these all work together. We could talk for hours about this. (laughs) (laughs) Can I add one more bit there? Absolutely. That's really interesting. What you said there, Grace, like, um, being stuck, being stuck in in the the, the picture of it, um, and and I, I guess I think that's the the biggest basement about strategic is is it's it's all perfect in in the realm of the mind and the intellect. Uh, so bringing it down to the ground to act upon it that can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's where we need executors to help us actually do yes, something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm often asked when people see strategic as number one, they say, Andy, that doesn't make sense. You're not a very, like, if I ask you to show me your business plan, you'll say, I don't have one. If you ask me to, sh- to show me like the blueprints, I don't have them. Why? Because they're all up here. <laughs> they're, they're in my nugget. Like I'm following a process but just because you doesn't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But again, the basement side of that is I need executors to make that business plan to help me move forward because there's just some things I cannot do without. So now we'll move on to Chinnarut. I'm going to ask you to pick a different theme, not strategic, and go ahead and highlight a little bit about that theme. And then we'll talk about the balconies and basement. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick futuristic. I, I, I can relate uh, to a lot of discussion, Grace, that you, you brought up in regards to like seeing the future, you know, seeing all the great and what like sci-fi likes to kind of highlight in terms of everything that can go wrong. I just, I just watched Terminator again, like a 30 year old movie, you know, in terms of what could go wrong with robotics <laughs> and computers. And I, I tend, uh, you know, I tend to be very, um, uplifting. So I don't tend to focus on, uh, the negative side of the future, uh, very often, unless it becomes very real to me. Like, like if it becomes a question of like what I'm dealing with now, and I've been talking with Khalil is like, I, I can see this future of, of, of perhaps being trained as a strengths coach or, you know, being trained in a lot of other platforms and technologies. And then suddenly I'm just present like, oh my God, I could see myself going to Amsterdam to get trained, you know, in November and then going to Thailand. And it's like, suddenly I just like see this entire future. But then when I actually have to get back to reality and I have to get to my present circumstance and situation, and I like that when you use grace and reverse to the word risk, you know, and, you know, I, I can feel that I'm being very cautious and I can kind of impede the futures that I want to create. And, and that, that can have an impact on my health as we were talking in terms of suppression. You know, if I, if I don't actually talk to people about it, if I don't communicate, if I don't um, share my feelings around, uh, you know, uh, about my concerns around where I feel what these futures are being suppressed or I'm not having uh, discussions with people about, well, I see multiple futures, you know, could you give me an opinion in regards to which future seemed to make the most sense given where I am? 
and I, I you know, I, I learned, I learned the hard way when I'm not communicating. Yeah. I start getting sick. I start getting, you know, I, I, I start you know, crawling up into a ball, you know? And, and so Khalil actually has been pretty, really great since June, you know, just being in touch and, he has a really amazing listening uh, that's allowed me to hear myself. And I can't tell you the number of times that Khalil, uh, as a coach, has listened to me and has actually allowed me to hear myself but not feel judged. And it's like this vulnerable, you know, I feel like what a, co- a strengths coach can do for you is like get you to a very vulnerable place where you can be heard. You, like, you really feel like you're hurting. Like, wait a second, I can hear myself. And really catch yourself and say, yeah, I really am thinking that way. And then really, you know, nothing to fix, uh, be able to kind of step away from that coaching conversation and like, you know, allow your, you know, whatever you know, allow yourself to kind of percolate on it and to kind of process that. And so that, that's, that's how the tension futuristic shows up for me mm-hmm. and often why I, I seek a, you know, a coach. Anybody want to chime in on futuristic real quick before we move on to Grace? Uh, my futuristics number fifteen. So it's for me, it's a bit diluted. But um, but if I can talk uh, about the experience of one of my clients uh, who had futuristic as as number one, seeing all the options in front of you, like like uh, like going into a, a candy shop and like it's all there, it's all there, everything's right in front of you, and just being able to almost taste what each of those options would be like, the great joy in being able to explore all these opportunities. Um, but what he found really difficult was was making a choice because that meant eliminating all of those other options and and there was there was this real tangible sadness like this sense of loss that accompanied making a choice if that, uh, that he really needed to draw upon his other strengths to be able to do that and and that that really struck me as like wow you know that's Making a choice is going to be really hard then if it's if it's like um, killing off these other options. Yeah, futuristic. I think is is my number two. So a balcony, a futuristic is. I'm always saying, wouldn't it be awesome if? You know, I try to just say, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could do this, this, this? And in my business, marketing and advertising and some web development, that is a great talent to have because I'm not always trying to maximize something to its fullest potential, but I'm trying to think about what it could be kind of in smaller chunks, smaller steps. Basement, so futuristic prevents me often from setting goals because immediately when I set a goal, my futuristic kicks in, I'm already looking beyond that goal. So and then I'll set another goal and then I'm already looking beyond that goal. I'm not attaining any of these. Don't get me wrong. There's no, I'm not attaining a single one, but I'm looking beyond that one. And then I'm looking beyond that one. I'm looking beyond that one. So my depth of vision is so far out that it's hard for me to set goals unless they're super short term, like within 24 hours. That's yeah. the only way that I know that I'm going to achieve goals. And I have to do that. And if I want any kind of self-satisfaction and say, go to bed at night knowing that I accomplished something, my goals have to be very, very short and attainable in a very tiny chunk of time. Last week, um, I think it was the week of Burning Man, uh, an arts festival. Yeah. yeah. We're we're familiar with Burning Man. I I relate to that experience you just described, Andy, as when you're in a sandstorm on that desert Mm -hmm. because you can't see anything 
You just need to step one foot after the other and just trust that you're actually going to get to wherever you get to because you don't even know what direction you're going in, into unless you have a compass. But you know, I can relate to that, and I and I and sometimes I, I sometimes I thank myself for having that day to day kind of focus because it reminds me of Thailand. You know, developing country, they're just taking in you know, what needs to get done every day, right? Mm-hmm. And and the country in itself has a natural focus on day-to-day. That's how I bring some gratitude <laughs> to the day-to-day focus. But um, a lot of times I can feel a little blinded in regards to where the future lies because there's so many possibilities. Yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, is probably a good word to link to futuristic often if you're talking about basements. So we've talked about strategic, futuristic. You guys are going right in line with my top five, Grace. If you say woo, I'll be, I'll be so excited. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. That's not one of my top five. Thank goodness. So Grace, what theme are you going to talk about with us today? Let's see. Well, I will pick input because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Sometimes you just got to go for what you don't want to do, right? Uh, okay. So input for me um, is collecting all sorts of things. Um, I was very much influenced by my grandfather, my father's dad, um, who was basically like a second father to me. He was gregarious, outgoing. He was a teacher and then a principal, and he just loved to help people learn their whole lives. If if I could predict what his top five were, even though he has just passed away a year and a half ago, but I would probably pick woo for sure for him. Mm-hmm. Everyone was his friend until they proved him otherwise. It was amazing. He had learner for sure, learner um, and input. And there probably were some others, maybe activator. who's just always, I have something for you. I found something that you could use. So when I recognized the strength in myself, I thought about how much he'd influenced me to want to, learn as much as possible, but not just learn, also collect in case I needed it. (laughs) And if everyone I've talked to with input has some sort of collection problem, (laughs) meaning you can't stop hoarding things and not material necessarily, but it could be information. It could be thoughts. It could be friends. I mean, that's one of the downsides of input. I've actually challenged myself and I'm I'm hoping to roll this out. I need a little bit of encouragement, but I'd really like to put out a 30-day challenge to myself and make it public to become more minimalist in my management. So the management of my business and how I think about data, how I think about relationships, how I look at stuff, I want to challenge myself to minimize that because my input is, in some ways, it's very difficult to manage. The basement, it would be that you over collect and then, you know, things get overwhelming. I have so many bookmarks open. You don't even want to know. You don't want to see my screen. (laughs) I start uh, articles that I'll write part of, and then I save it and start the next one. You know, I catalog things, but it's kind of like a messy catalog system. And I have piles and piles of articles to read. So, but the balcony would be that I'm a huge resource of information for people. And, um, you know, I love to say, Oh, I have this article for you. Or, you know, did you think of this, this particular place you could find this? So <laughs> how would one with input become a minimalist? Like what would be his steps? <laughs> I'm not saying that's going to happen to the extent where they're just not going to ever collect again, but mm-hmm. how does one with input in an intelligent and effective way, organize their thoughts and their content and their collections? Good question. Um, 
there's actually a system that I've been developing for myself in this precursor to the challenge. I'm, I'm actually fairly shy when it comes to sharing personal information. <laughs> so even being on this show, it, it's, I love to explain and connect, but it, it's sometimes hard to share stories. Um, you know, I, I worry about what people might think or, you know, just oversharing. But um, my challenge with input is that the information or the ideas or even the stuff that I've collected, I've had spoon collections, I've collected certain types of books, <laughs> coins, stamps. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And part of that is because it's, there's a beauty in seeing things that you can remember the, the memory of. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge movement happening right now called the minimalist movement. I don't know if you've heard of that mm-hmm. kind of goes together with the, the tiny house movement um, of just getting everything in your life down to such a small amount that you don't have to worry about the weight of it, literally and figuratively, the, the crushing load of stuff, you know? So um, I've joined some groups to, to be challenged to do this and it helps to move actually. <laughs> I've moved six times in the last four years. <laughs> so that that's an extra impetus to, to get rid of things. But the real problem is in our minds, really. It's um, hoarding is a, a mental illness and it caused usually by some sort of connection to things that remind you of memories or of relationships that may have been broken or of dreams that have been shattered. I mean, there's so many reasons for that. And I don't know if you've seen the show Hoarders. You don't want to watch it if you feel nervous about cleaning. So. <laughs> but um, to get back to input, I guess the way that I would I would help someone with the same problem that I have is to first recognize that you have a problem with um, over-collecting and then um, decide that you want to have a life that's different. Once you decide that, it's just a matter of looking for a method to put that into place, but you can't put a method into your life and expect it to have a result. You have to first decide that there's something wrong that you want to change and then that you'll take the work. (laughs) It is a lot of work Mm, to, to be more, I think it's to be more intentional, be more intentional about what you collect and why. And sometimes take the emotion out of things, you know, like I have a whole spoon collection from all the States I've visited and countries I've visited. They're all tarnished. They're in a bag. They're not even displayed. And I really have to think about whether the memory of that is more important than the actual tarnished spoons. And do I really need that huge, heavy bag? You know? So that's kind of the challenge I've been, I've been having. I hope if anybody listening wants to comment on this, I'd love to hear other thoughts on it. But since you guys are here, (laughs) Shinarat and Andy and Khalil, what do you think about minimalist versus input? I, I, I absolutely, I mean, I was smiling the entire, to the entire share. Thank you for, for, I see myself and you. And uh, I'm an, I'm an Evernote, one of the certified Evernote consultants. And so I had a tremendous, tremendous breakthrough in 2013 taking 40 years of stuff. I have lugged around from baby shoes to, all my drawings from elementary school to literally all my college notes. And, and I just, I decided, and you're right. It takes a lot of time. I decided to spend and it took, I mean, I wasn't doing it continuously, but it took a good, I don't want to scare anybody like six, I could almost say a year, you know, to actually get through all of it. And I had to decide what I had to digitize and what I didn't. And I found really clever techniques like, literally taking a picture of a memory 
and realizing the digital artifact was good enough. And moving, you're right, is the key because as much as I hated my last move, I got to really see how far I had come and how easy the move was because I had so little stuff and it was already pre-organized and I had broken free from a past where I've been lugging so much stuff. I want to be careful in terms of what you said, Grace. Evernote might not be for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are different methods. So, uh, you know, if anybody is a slight bit curious about Evernote, you're welcome to contact me. Uh, but I think what Grace is saying is you got to have that commitment. You got to you got to get to that place where you're saying no more. <laughs> my input is driving me absolutely nuts. I'm collecting so much stuff that that you want to fundamentally shift the way you live your life and grace is absolutely correct that the way you live your life is going to be so fundamentally different that that it's going to be it's going to be nearly unrecognizable as, as you continue to live into that new future khalil do you have anything yeah thanks andy um yeah i've uh, i've had um training in organizational analysis uh, informal training uh, through a through a zen lineage um and I, it, it was totally transformative for me. Um, and some of the, the main insights were uh, a place for everything and everything in its place, but also a purpose for everything. If you're going to hold on to something, then make it purposeful. Mm-hmm. Give it a place. You know, so like with your spoons, you know, like if they're important, then yeah, find a place for them. Put them on display so that you can enjoy the, the associations that they have. Um, and the other big insight is that our, our space is a direct reflection of our mind. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, and, and so Cleo, so, really, yeah. really quick, I don't want to cut you off. So what you're saying basically oh. is if your physical space is cluttered, then you probably have a cluttered mind. If your space is clear of distractions, then maybe your mind is a little uh, less crowded as well. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, totally, totally, exactly. Um, when when you declutter your space, you get this uh, massive, like you're saying, you know, this massive uh, liberation of your mental and emotional energies. It's mm-hmm. it's powerful. It's powerful stuff. And and that, like Grace, I know exactly what you mean. When uh, when Safari gives you that warning. Uh, uh, Safari cannot respond because you have 37 tabs open. <laughs> I've got more like 50. It's bad. I've got two different screens. We highlighted a lot of basement around input, but Grace, I'm going to give you like 20 seconds. Tell me something that's a balcony for input. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Input is my go-to for how to get through the problems that I face. So uh, it's, it's a fantastic way that I've already gathered all the information or I know how to gather. And then I basically translate that into the answer that I need to get through that maze that we talked about with strategic Mm -hmm. Um, input is just this phenomenal kind of like lightning direct way of getting to a solution through multiple different sources. So I know how to read it. I mean, a lot of us know how to research, but it, the input strength helps to research even better. Where do I find something? How do I figure it out? Who needs to help me? Where can I go? That all comes into my collection method. And then I kind of sift through it and figure out what's the best way to get through it. And then 
that's how I move forward with my fo- focus on reaching a goal. Mm. So yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. A little more than 20 seconds. Input, <laughs> input reminds me a lot of a friend I have who's got a tool for everything, like a physical tool. <laughs> so no matter what problem I run into, all I have to do is call him and he has the tool to complete the job. And if he doesn't, he knows somebody who does. He's And it's not just about being connected. It's just he's so, like you said, he's able to to funnel through a problem derive towards a direct solution by using his research techniques and abilities, which far surpass my own. Yeah. To be honest, all three of you are on my short list of where to go for information. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Khalil, some of the insights that you've given, I have to re-listen to your, your episode again, because you just, there is something about how you translate strategic strengths, um, heavy people's problems with easy, simple solutions. I seriously think you should start some sort of community for that because I would love to join a way to stay accountable, <laughs> to not be so top heavy mm. and to, you know, use my very easy methods like getting under some water and meditating and even just cleaning off your desk is such a simple method, but it's hard to stay accountable. Mm. So, and Chinnerit, we've talked about this too, you know, just ways to stay on track. So talking yeah. about staying on track though, I'm, I'm done with my strength. <laughs> <Not Andy. laughs> That's it. You're hanging it up. <laughs> I am, I'm done with my strength. I want to hear Andy's strength that he wants to talk about, unless you want to talk about input more. Anybody else? <laughs> no, I, I'll, uh, I'll jump in because we're, we're going past we're creeping on an hour here. Um, it's amazing how, how fast time flies when you're talking about things that interest the entire group. I'm going to pick significance. Oh, yeah, wow. and significance is not in my top five, but it's number six. So it's it's there. And, you know, loosely defined significance is just somebody who wants to feel significant in the eyes of others. You want to be perceived or recognized as somebody of importance, and you want to be heard. Balcony. Me having high significance pushes me to make myself better every single day. And if I try something and I'm not heard, I go back to the drawing board and I figure out another way to communicate, another pipeline, another platform, so I can get heard by more people. It's really kind of a driving force in everything I do every single day. And it's it's very similar to Maximizer kind of in that aspect. But I don't look at things and say, how can I make that better? How can I make your project better? I look at something and say, how can I make my project better? So it's a little bit of, there's a little selfishness to it. And when I'll leave really into the basement, it physically hurts me when I am perceived negatively. Mm-hmm. So when I, somebody looks at me and says that that was less quality, that I could do better, that they really weren't impressed by something I put out, that is debilitating. And it's not just like a scratch that heals in a day. That'll hang around with me until I can do something of uh, credible force that quickly gets acknowledged by others to kind of push that bad instance down. Like a perfect example. So Grace and I met a gentleman via this podcast and he got me into an organization to do a public speaking gig. And I was very confident in myself because I have done a lot of public speaking. I thought, you know, this is just old hat. I'll be able to go in. It was on leadership, which I felt comfortable talking about. Self-assurance is also number eight for me. So that's up towards the top as well. So there was not a bone in my body. I didn't think I would be able to knock this out of the park. Then the day came where I had to give this presentation. 
And I was number third on the list of presenters that day. And the first guy stood up and he talked for 90 minutes and he was dynamic. He was engaging. His Prezi was top notch. He was dressed to the nines, you know, big cufflinks. And he was within the industry that he was speaking to, which was financial management and, and things like that. And he just blew it out of the water. And all of a sudden now that voice creeped into my head that said, Hey, Andy, guess what? you probably won't be viewed as the best presenter today. You probably won't be viewed as, you know, the tip of the spear, the guy that really brought it home. This guy did a great job. That bar has been set. Then the next presenter stands up and she talks and I'm talking about leadership in a, in a, through a strengths lens. And she gets up and she talks and she does her presentation and she knocks it out. She does emotional intelligence, but she also talks about strengths finder. Hmm. Voice creeps into my head that says, wow, Andy, she talked about the same thing you were going to discuss. What can you bring to the table that's going to far surpass what she had to say? And competition's up there a little bit for me as well. So you can see how all of these now are mixing into this cauldron of witch's brew mentally. And I'm sitting there, and what I did is I mentally psyched myself out. And they introduced me, and they call my name. And I had uh, some props and a presentation that I had practice with. And I thought I refined that presentation to the point where I could do it in my sleep. And I got up there and I blew it. <laughs> I fell flat on my face. I, I ditched. I tried to call an audible for those that are football fans out there. That's a last minute change. And it just did not go well. And I threw myself way off kilter and I babbled and I embarrassed myself. And after it was all said and done, I was scheduled to speak for 45 minutes, and I think I squeaked out 28, maybe, uh, just shy of a half an hour. Mm. So here's the thing, though, reverting back to the theme significance, is I wanted so badly to be perceived as the best of the best. I wanted to dominate that room. My blood was pumping. My heart was excited. I was mentally prepared. I had thought. But that same theme was so aggressive that it caused me to falter because mm -hmm. I set my own personal goals for that time and place so high that it was just not achievable. If I would have said to myself a little bit more of, be who you are, Andy, be yourself, get up there and talk about what you know, and don't worry, everything will fall in place and you'll be accepted. People will listen mm -hmm. to what you have to say, they'll learn from you. But I didn't think that way. I was so focused on how I was going to be perceived by that group in comparison to my peers that it caused me to fail. Mm -hmm. So why as a, as a, as a talent, it allows me to move forward. It drives me to be better and better and better. It allows me the opportunity and sometimes the courage and the confidence to stand up and take charge and let my voice be heard. But I will say that I do that for not only it's a 50 50 split i do it because i want to help others but i also do it because you know what it makes me feel amazing it is my driving force so that's my several minutes on significance does anybody want to chime in on that high five andy high five man don't let me hang in <laughs> my khalil give me your virtual high five if you're still out there are you there khalil <laughs> Yeah, still here, still here. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, Andy. Yeah. That's got to yeah. be really painful. Um, I can completely see myself in that situation. 
And I've actually heard speakers who, um, who get up after someone has been amazing and kind of say, I'm not going to be that amazing. I'm just basically here to tell you about me. And I think you'll still learn something because I'm going to be totally transparent about who I am. You know, and I, I see that in you so much. Andy. Yeah. And you, you are so transparent on this show. <laughs> this is going to, this is going to turn into like a, my therapy <laughs> session, but, uh, but did now how, where does significance sit for, for you three? Just chime in. Uh, it's 20 something for me. Okay. Like 28. So low. What about you, Chinnarut? Yeah. You guys invited me to do a full inventory and I haven't done it. I want to acknowledge that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I, I actually don't know where it sits on, on my list. Um, I, I can, as someone who's spoken before, I can certainly relate to your story. And, and I, I think, I think what I'm also hearing is that, uh, some, so sometimes when I hear significance, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is you can kind of put so much on the me that, it's kind of like any failure becomes really sensitive. You become sensitive to that. You really, it, it's really you that's the failure in that kind of context. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I've certainly been in conversations and leadership conversations where the emphasis has been giving on giving up significance, not giving up significance as a strength, but giving up the significance of me. <laughs> and, and I think it's really great that Andy, you're able to put yourself out there and really, here is the contribution on this show. I mean, you are sharing raw and naked exactly how that experience was for you. And I, I really applaud you for it. Significance is my number nine. Andy, we're really similar in a lot of ways. I think that's how we get along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the way that it plays out for me, since it's it's in my top 10, it's not the top five, but you know how those cycle up and it's kind of like a, a big mix of a delicious soup of top 10. <laughs> so sometimes I'll spoon out some significance, you know, here's a potato and here's some significance. Um, for me, it comes out with um, wanting to make a difference. Yeah. Significant soup, right? <laughs> wanting to make a difference that lasts beyond myself. Mm. And like I said before, I'm actually fairly private. Um, I don't, <laughs> I fought so hard against wanting to have a publicly known company. I tried really hard to be a really small, quiet consultant and it's at a certain point I realized my significant was, was knocking on my door. Hello. Mm. If you don't get out there and tell people what you do and why, and you don't explain what problems will result if they don't take action, mm. you're never going to make a difference. And then you'll live your whole life wishing that you had. So I think about, again, my grandfather had a huge influence on me. He wanted to impact people with in ways that would last well beyond his lifetime. And he has. He's passed away, but his legacy has lived on through many, many people. And so that's what I want to, I think a futuristic, you know, think about what happens beyond my lifetime. And that's where it comes out for me. I I'm challenged though, Andy, to think of how I can improve based on that strength. That's a really good challenge. Yeah. Make what I do better too. Thank you. What I'd like to do here in closing is we'll start with Khalil and Khalil just take a minute or two to talk about the importance of understanding your talents and what you think an individual needs to do, step one, after receiving at least their top five through the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. Um, may I offer an observation for you, Andy, uh, before I do that? Absolutely. <laughs> 
one of the things that's always struck me about you and the way you present your show and the way you present yourself, I, it always comes across like like it's scripted and, and really well polished, like everything you say. And I'm like, how are you doing that? How how do you do that? That that when you have like disordinary conversation, it, it sounds like you're you're making this presentation that you've practiced and have polished. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm in awe of that. Uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, thanks for bringing your strengths. Check that. No, thank you um, for those, those. If only you knew, my friend. If only you knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good magic. Good magic. So, uh, yeah. What would I? What was the question? What would I say to someone who's just got their top five? How how to make the most of of their strengths? Get a coach. Call one of us up. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, do that. <laughs> Um, but really, but seriously as well, though, um, uh, I think everyone should have a coach because there's just some stuff that you can't see from from standing in your own shoes. And uh, yeah, like if it's not a an actual real life coach, then then go and, and talk to someone, you know, uh, your your partner, your family, a good friend like go and talk to them and just like ask a question like, Hey, you know, these are my results that this is what it means. What do you think? What do you see? these showing up perspective changes, everything. And and the more perspective you can have, the, the, the bigger the picture you'll get. Go get a coach, go, go ask people questions about how they see you and how they see your strengths showing up. Chinarut. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to add to that. I, I, I think it's important when you get your report that you relate to your strengths as an inquiry. It's like you're on a journey for kind of discovery of truth. And that when you're talking to people, I think it's really important that you engage with people, whether it's your coach or your friends and your family, that they also understand that you are in this inquiry, that you're not asking them to give you answers. And you may not necessarily have the answers right away either. And the more you can find people who engage you in this inquiry, like this curiosity of a child um, around your strengths to kind of discover what's there, like find the gold, then then that's going to empower your journey. And that's what I would tell everybody. Yeah. And just to add to that, Chinara, you had mentioned that you developed your... your <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Got people out for those of you that aren't familiar with Blab. Uh, there's little hand uh, icons down the bottom right hand corner, and when you say something that somebody likes, they go ahead and click on that, and it actually is like a vote of confidence. Like you did well. It's like a you know round of applause. And and Chin right after that comment just got a whole bunch from uh, Mr. Annex here in the chat room, and now we're all going crazy. So oh, yeah. <laughs> good thing we didn't notice that in the beginning. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned when you were on our past episode of Thematics, Chinnarud, is that you wrote your biography for Evernote by writing down your top five and then building off your top five and threading those into your bio. And I have now used that for when people ask me for speaker introductions or mm. I just had to fill out a bio for Leadership Iowa as a program that I was accepted Yay. into. That's great, Andy. And I, to what I did is I wrote down strategic, futuristic, woo, ideation, communication. And I wrote just a one sentence line about each individual one of those themes and how it applied or how it's integrated with the program that I was now accepted into. Mm. And that's, I just want to say thank you for that because I've done that quite a bit now. 
So, Grace, I'll turn that question back over to you now. Uh, why do you think it's important that somebody identifies their top five talents? And what do you think they need to do as soon as they get that information? <laughs> okay. Why they should take it or what? what sure. In, a, in one to two sentences, somebody approaches you and say, Grace, why should I even t- bother taking the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment to reveal my top five or my dominant talents? Uh, first, I would say, can I have more than two sentences? <laughs> but then I, no, I, I can't condense things down that small. All right. I would, I would basically say um, you have value and there's a way that you see the world that is different than anyone else that has ever been and whoever will be. The, the combination of your strengths, your background, your emotions, your personality is completely and utterly unique. and this is this assessment is only one way, but it is a really good way to start learning more about how you see things so that you can communicate that to others and then build on that and become more effective. Mm-hmm. So usually when it that's a lot more than two sentences, but usually I can get people to take the test after I say it that way. So um, in the way that um, the first thing I would say to do, I, I don't <laughs> I'm going to be the voice of dissension. I don't know if getting a coach right away is necessarily the first step. I would suggest I do coach people and I provide strategy sessions where it's basically like coaching, but without the strengths as the primary focus, more like strategy as the focus, goals, future vision, purpose. So my first suggestion when someone gets the results is to have someone, a coach or not, um, interpret those in a succinct way. So even though I'm I tend to go on and on. Usually I can condense five strengths for someone into a really quick, really tight idea. So for example, for me, focus, activator, ideation, input, futuristic. I would say that I tend to look at the world as someone who sees the future possibilities and wants to achieve goals in that by gathering information and having ideas. But I do it, I get to that point by activating people and getting them to come with me. So that's like the way that I package that set of five strengths. And I can, I, I do that with all of my clients when I know their strengths. I do it with like my relatives who I finally talked into taking this. You don't need a coach at first. Um, I think sometimes you just need to process, especially strategic thinkers have to process and think about it first. Coaching is extremely helpful for maturing in your knowledge of how strengths apply. Mm. So it's definitely a part of it. But the first step, I think, is just to, thank you, Mike. <laughs> More props for me is just to um, just to really think about how that can come down to a condensed kind of formula for how you think. Although I'm sure it's different for everyone, but that's what works for me. Everybody's had a <laughs> tremendous amount of input, and I think you know what I tell people is I want to see the best. When they ask me why should I take this, is because I want to see the best version of you, and I want to help boost your confidence. Mm-hmm. Those Mm -hmm. two things right off the bat, in order to be the best version of yourself and to increase your level of confidence was the biggest impact that I experienced when I took the assessment. And trust me, everybody knows me well enough to know I'm not an assessment junkie. When people ask me, what's your Myers-Briggs? I go, don't know. People say, what is your disc? I say, don't know. 
Don't know because I don't care. I mean, that's this is the thing. I'll talk you into taking it. Oh, goodness, Mike, you're uh, giving him a big head here. (laughs) No, but strengths made such an impact on me and it was applicable. I could grab it. I could run with it. I could apply it that day. I didn't have to look back. I didn't have to say compare it to everything. But what I wish would happen, and I'm going to I'm going to throw this out because I have a connection with Gallup's IT department, um, is I'm going to say, you know what, before I this is what I think they should do. When you go to Gallup Strength Center and you buy your access code and you start your assessment before you get your results, I think you should have to put in three email addresses of people that you want to share your results with before it actually sends those to you. <laughs> I think that would be very beneficial well, if you're willing I don't know to share. If the libertives would be happy like, with. Okay, <laughs> it, it may, it may. Okay, it should give you the option at least. The option, <laughs> like it should say, "Would you like to ask?" But it should be a pop-up window, and this is why I say that is because that prevents you from reading it and then shoving it in a desk drawer yeah, and not yeah, doing anything true. with it. And so you're saying accountability, basically. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta hold yourself accountable. And every time I ask somebody, "Did you share your report with your spouse, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, with your yes. your grandparents?" They say no. I said, "So you were sitting there, you were sitting there stewing in your own interpretation of your own talents, which we know is a tough thing to do." And you're your biggest critic. So basically, it's like you got a movie script and went directly to you know Jerry Buckingham and said, "Here." Uh, not is that the right name, Jerry? I don't know. You go right to somebody who's really important in the movie directing business, and you say, "Here." You don't even bother showing it to anybody else, and that makes no sense. You have to start to grow and really absorb that information. And the easiest way to do that is to do what we're doing today, and that's having a conversation around something that's very personal to us, and that is our top five talent themes. Um, so I'm gonna think that should be an option because you do have the option on Gallup Strength Center to share it. But, you know, Andy, it's like I get distracted very easily. I have to go and click a button and then choose to do things. It should be a pop-up window because I would slap three email addresses in there and then somebody would call me and go, dude, what is this? And I'd say, oh, what did you think of it? Why well, didn't get a chance to read it? Well, could you do me a favor and read it and let me know what you think? Does that describe me pretty accurately? Yeah. And, and that email needs to basically say you're going to hold Andy accountable to these strengths. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and in this conversation. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, all right, folks, I'm going to bring us in real quick. Does anybody, starting with Chinarat, do you have one last thing to say? I'll give you 10 seconds to spit it out, and then we'll move over to Khalil, Grace, and then I'll close it up. This is an amazing, amazing experience. I'm glad that uh, the four of us were able to come together and blab, and we tried new technology. It's all visual. Uh, it's going to be recorded. We tried uh, Twitter. It, it, this is the future. This really appeases my futuristic, so thank you. I had a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us, Khalil. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Once again, it's, it's so cool just to be in your presence, uh, you and Grace, uh, both of you. Uh, so thanks for the opportunity and, and uh, taking the time with us. Thank you, Khalil. Grace, as always, thank you. Do you have anything you want to add here before we close it out? Yeah, thanks to our viewers here who joined us in the chat, Mr. Annex and uh, Mike, and or I guess maybe that's maybe the same person. Uh, yeah. And uh, everyone else who joined, I really appreciate the uh, interaction. Um, I also just want to tell you that it's, it's hard to share on this show. Sometimes um, I have communication in my top five, but it's still, I mean, in my top 10, but it's still, it, it feels like there's a lot that I'm open about this with everyone. And I hope that you enjoy what we've, what we've shared with you today. 
Yeah. Thank you, all three of you, for being on the show. We'll see how this goes. Again, blab.im. It's a great resource, a great platform to communicate with other individuals. And and uh, we'll, we'll send this show out. We'll see what kind of feedback we get. And maybe we'll do more of this in the future because I really think it was a... Uh, it was an impromptu experiment. I mean, we had the interview scheduled, but we were attending doing it via Skype only. And, and this was a great way for us to kind of boost up the level of engagement. So that being said, I am your host, Andy Sokolovich, owner, operator, chief strengths coach, and all around goofy guy over at unleashstrengths.com. You can check us out for more episodes of Thematics. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Just go into iTunes and search Thematics or visit unleashstrengths.com forward slash iTunes. If you do subscribe and you love the show, please leave us a positive review. Also, be sure to follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Unleash Strengths with an S. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Unleash CSF. If you guys need anything, be sure to shoot me an email, Andy at UnleashStrengths.com. Thanks again to our three guests for joining us today and stay tuned for more episodes as thematics as we bring you some more craziness. And as always, we want you to stay addicted. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Thematics presented by UnleashStrengths.com. Remember to embrace your strengths and always stay addicted. We'll be right back.